Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hello, everybody. Great to have you with us. Also great to have the Premier of Alberta with us, Danielle Smith. Premier, good to have you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Roy. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Federal Environment Minister Stephen Gilbo releasing his draft expectation to, with few exceptions, force fossil fuels out of producing the electric grid by 2035. You issued a direct challenge to, uh, to the minister. Please speak to us about that. You know, I've been talking with the federal government for some time because I knew that these regulations were coming. I mean, it's pretty outrageous. They announced them in August of last year, right in the middle of our leadership contest in our province, knowing that we would be the most affected province by them. We didn't even have a permanent leader in, in place. And so that that was part of the reason why I, I passed the Alberta Sovereignty within the United Canada Act, is I knew just transition legislation was coming. I knew clean electricity regs were coming. And I know an emissions cap is coming. And now I think people are beginning to see just how much the federal government is trying to intervene in our area of jurisdiction. And the reason why I put such a hard line out there is that unlike other provinces, Alberta has uh, phased out coal. We did it earlier than was uh, would have been practical because we now had to pay up uh, billions of dollars for stranded assets. And just as we're sort of coming to uh, understand the full cost of that, the the federal government now wants to ask us to to, uh, phase out natural gas. And natural gas on our power grid is 90% of our production. No other province has that level of production of natural gas. It's just sort of the nature of our geography. It's the nature of our endowment of resources. It's part of why we uh, we switch to that is because it has less emissions. And now we're getting punished for it. And so that that is the reason why we've been asking for a longer time frame. We know that we can get to a carbon neutral power grid by 2050. We've talked with our producers about that. 2050 is reasonable. 2035 is not. In a tweet, uh, Minister Gilbo writes, he agrees with you, Premier, and with At Oil Gas Canada. And he says, that is exactly what building a clean grid is all about, limiting unabated fossil fuels by 2035, not forbidding them, but making sure we have as much renewables and clean tech while ensuring the affordability and reliability of our grid. Is he talking out of both sides of his mouth at the same time? Yeah, he's gaslighting. He, he's trying to make it sound like he's the reasonable one and that this is totally achievable and we agree. We don't agree. And I, I think people need to understand a little bit about gas uh, or about uh, solar and wind and why we've been able to add so much in Alberta. The reason is that because when the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine, we're able to power up quickly with natural gas peaker plants is what they're called. They power up and power down so that they offer the, the balance so that when wind and solar do come on, they're able to, to provide our electricity. And when they don't um, produce any electricity at all, which happens, then we're able to, to provide natural gas so that we have seamless reliability in our power grid. I, uh, what, if you look back at this Twitter battle I'm having with the environment minister, I pointed out that we had seven times in the last, uh, in the fall and winter where our power grid came close to failing. And when you look at how much wind and solar were being produced on those seven days, in some cases, it was less than 100 megawatts, even though we have about 5,000 megawatts of installed power. I know, I know there's a fantasy that wind and solar operate all the time. They don't. They're not reliable. They're intermittent. 
And when it's minus 30 and you get no wind and you get no solar, you need to get your power from somewhere. And for us, the backup is natural gas. And that's part of what uh, I think the rest of the country might not understand. And it's part of what clearly the environment minister doesn't understand. But I am not going to let my people freeze in the dark in the middle of winter because he has an ideological aspiration to achieve an unachievable target. We're going to, we're, we're just not going to do it. We're not going to implement it. And we'll work towards our own emissions reduction target of 2050, which we know is achievable. Will you be working cooperatively with the um, government of Saskatchewan as well? I think that Scott Moe is in a similar position. He's got, I think, 80% of his power grid. It relies on hydrocarbon fuels, some coal, and uh, I believe natural gas. Uh, Nova Scotia is in the same boat too. They have, I think, uh, about 60% of their power grid relies on hydrocarbon fuels. Even New Brunswick, it's about 30%. And so this is the reason why when they put forward these goals of 2035, it's going to cost the entire country $1.7 trillion to achieve that with the new infrastructure by, by 2035. Those of us who have a much higher reliance on this are going to shoulder a, a much higher cost. So our share is probably, we've calculated about $400 billion. We think that that will raise the cost of power two to five fold in the next 12 years. And we, we just simply can't afford to do that. So the, the, what we've been asking for is, and I think there's some reasonable cabinet ministers in the in the Liberal government. I have no idea why they keep allowing their environment minister to go rogue and create so much division in this country, because we have the ability to bring hydrogen on. Hydrogen can be used for for uh, for power purposes. Hydrogen can be used for vehicles as well. We're very keen to build on our hydrogen infrastructure. Small modular nuclear are going to start being rolled out in Ontario, I believe, in the late um, sort of 28, 29. We don't have an, an, a structure, a regulatory structure for bringing a nuclear on in our province. We've never done it before. And so we have to work with the federal government to do that. That's going to take some years. We also know that we have uh, can work collaboratively with British Columbia and Manitoba to build transmission lines across the, the country so that we're able to have an integrated power grid. That takes time. So I, I want you to understand I'm, I'm going to work to achieve those targets, but I'm also realistic about how long it takes for landowner consultation, First Nation consultation, being able to route lines, have all of the different regulatory processes work at the federal, provincial, local level, as well as First Nations management and environmental issues, caribou. Like all of this is part of the reason why you can't just snap your fingers and have these things happen. You've got to you've got to to start the process and then and then work it through. And that's why I think if we can get those things in alignment with our federal government, then we will be able to get to a, a carbon neutral power grid. But it's going to be 2050. It's it's certainly not going to be 2035. Okay, so um, is uh, Stephen Gilbo creating a national unity crisis? And if yes, yes. Uh, there's you, no question. Because this is the thing. I don't think the Constitution is advisory. I think the Constitution was drafted the way it was because our founders realized that we have such a geographically diverse uh, country with different endowments of resources in each part of it, different needs in each part of it. You cannot micromanage that from the center. And so if you look at our Constitution, the development and production of resources, provincial responsibility the development and production of electricity, provincial responsibility. They have no business coming in and telling us, dictating to us 
how we manage our resources, how we produce electricity. We can work collaboratively, I think, on our joint interest of making sure that uh, it reduces the overall amount of emissions in a reasonable time scale. But this is offside with the Constitution, and we're going to be asserting that with every uh, tool in the toolkit that we've got. Canada's electric grid is already 84% non-fossil fuel, so that should be kept in mind. Uh, Premier, do you think this federal government has placed a target on on Alberta? They have, but they've they've placed a target on everybody. I mean, if you look at uh, bravo to Quebec for having uh, developed out hydroelectric power with uh, with Newfoundland and Labrador all those years ago, and bravo to uh, to Ontario for having hydro and nuclear, and bravo to BC and, and Manitoba for having hydro. But but let's be clear about the growth of demand for electricity. If you look at Quebec, Quebec is at the limit of its growth. They need to bring new electricity on. And um, I guess the question will be, is there an appetite to bring on another two or three or four hydroelectric dams? What are they going to do? What is British Columbia going to do? They just um, did Site C, which is a relatively small uh, project. And it, uh, it began the regulatory approval process in 1954. So these are not easy projects to bring on either. I think nuclear has the opportunity potentially, but you know you have to overcome some of the fears that people have because of uh, some of the negative campaign that has taken place against nuclear. So that's not exactly easy, but every single province is constrained on electricity. And this is the reason why every single province is going to be impacted by this. We're, we are most impacted because we uh, made a bet that natural gas being such a clean fuel was uh, going to be something that would sustain us in uh, in the long run. And the federal government's changed the rules on us. But everybody is going to be impacted by that. That's why we're going to lead the charge in saying, let's be reasonable about this. And reasonable is 2050, not 2035. Uh, just this final thought. China's President Xi said just days ago, his country will forge its own path to net zero and will not be influenced on that. Not what he said in 2015 after the Paris Accord. So China, which is the world's greatest emitter, going their own way. We're such a minor player in this as far as emitting uh, carbon into the uh, atmosphere. And here we are. I have a premier of a Canadian province saying that the federal energy minister is creating a national unity crisis. This is very serious business. It absolutely is. And the the thing is, we can help China. If you look at the amount of coal plants that China continues to bring on every single week, that that's I think the thing that the that our that your listeners need to understand is that we have a role to play in reducing emissions around the world. And I was at the LNG Canada conference um, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, talking to the LNG producers, the industry associations in every major region of the world. And they're very, very worried that if Canada doesn't do its part to help provide them with that cleaner source of fuel, they're going to switch back to coal. South Korea and Japan and uh, the uh, other other nations of the world, India, they're, they're not going to sit back and and have their aspirations stunted because uh, we have these unrealistic targets in, in Canada, they are going to switch back to coal, which will just increase emissions. So our part of our solution has always been, let's stop demonizing natural gas. Natural gas is a cleaner burning fuel. Natural gas 
provides dramatically reduced reductions over coal. Let's make sure that the world, as it's industrializing, as we're bringing the entire planet's population up to a high quality of life, similar to ours, let's use natural gas as that as that interim fuel while we're waiting for the technology to develop around others. We are we are not trying to be obstructionist. We're trying to be practical and reasonable and achieve what we think is a global emissions targets. It does us no good to collapse our economy in Canada with 45 million people and then watch China with, a, what, 1.2 billion people continue to just accelerate and grow in, in its emissions. That makes no sense from a, from a planetary point of view. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.